This week's episode is dedicated to the memory of Ryan Smile. And welcome back to the Wild Haggis podcast. And a big thank you for checking out last week's show with Mark Andrews, WWE NXT UK uh, competitor, wrestler, fighter, whatever you want to call him. He's an absolute amazing stand-up guy. You can check him out wherever you get your socials at Mandrews Jr. Also check out Junior, so their music of Junior, and also check out Defend Indie Wrestling. And you can also check out WWE NXT UK on the WWE Network. Cool. Now we get that out of the way. This week we have got an amazing interview with a chap called Johnny Bunyan. Now if you've not heard of him, he is one of the mainstays at the Glasgow Rocks basketball team. And also a massive shout out to Dave at Dizzy Fish for hooking us up with this interview. Dave, thank you so much for that. You want to check out Dave, you can just Google Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that. Just check out Dizzy Fish. It's all AV install, security, CCTV, things like that. He will hook you up right. But in the meantime, JB... Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, no worries, pal. Looking forward to it. Always like uh, listen to a lot of podcasts myself, so uh, looking forward to being part of one. So just to begin with, who is Johnny Bunyan? Uh, probably for most people who've been around me, he's the, you know, the little ginger guy who plays basketball. <laughs> uh, certainly that was the case growing up at primary school, high school, all that stuff. Um, and, you know, recently it's... You know, kind of been the guy who plays professionally, you know, for the Glasgow Rocks and has been for quite a long time now. So, um, yeah, I've always just been known as the basketball player, I think, or the ginger basketball player. <laughs> so I was reading your profile as well before we came on that uh, the it does state that you're one of the longest serving members of the team. Is that, you know, just been consecutively or just throughout the whole the whole period of, you know, the Rocks being in place? Yeah, it's just, it's just consecutively. It's uh, my 10th season coming up in a row. Um, my brother played for the Rocks for uh, six years, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. So I think the Rocks have been around for about 24 years and, uh, you know, the Bunyan name has been a part mm. of it for about 16. So it's something that we, we take quite a lot of pride in, or I certainly do, and I know yeah. he does as well. So, um, yeah, no, I'm really happy to be one of the, the longest serving members. Let's start from the beginning. What was your inspiration to get into basketball? Uh, it was just my family, really. My dad, um, he's a coach. He founded a team back home where I'm from, Falkirk, you know, created Falkirk Fury, that's what we're called. Um, and he put in place all this uh, this whole club, basically, uh, senior basketball, senior women's basketball, all the way down. And what it is now is every age group you can think of, really, under eights all the way up to seniors. Um, like I said, I watched my brother play for the Rocks way back when they played in Edinburgh uh, and then when they played in Glasgow as well. So I would say inspiration was, was definitely family driven. Um, I don't think I was ever going to be anything other than a basketball player uh, or at least try to be, you know. So did your coaching and training start out, you know, at home with your dad and with your brother? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Keith was was pretty focused on his own career uh, when I was very young. So it was my dad. Um, you know, they always tell a story about me dribbling a basketball around a theme park in Orlando. And uh, every all these Americans were wondering who I was and why I could dribble the ball so well. So, uh, yeah, it was just um, at home. Um, dribbling a basketball, shooting a basketball, and then eventually got into you know training as much as I could, you know, eight nine times a week. You you did mention like, the Falkirk Fury there. Um, were you one of the the first players for that team along with your brother, or was it you know going quite strong prior to you starting off with them? 
Um, no, it was definitely more my brother. He was the first team. Um, I think at the time he was in high school. Um, it's maybe started off as like Falkirk High School and then uh, graduated into you know the Falkirk Fury. So they'd probably been going, you know, for at least eight nine years by the time I kind of came onto the scene as like a under sixteen, under fourteen type player like that. Um, so they'd already built up quite a strong reputation by then, and, and then thankfully I got to, to carry that on. Was it the the fury that actually helped you get that stepping stone to play for Scotland at that time? Oh yeah, without question. If it, if it wasn't for um, you know that club level basketball, you know there's no there's no representing Scotland for me. There's no rocks. You know there's nothing that I've done in my career that uh, wouldn't have been achieved if it wasn't for the Falkirk Fury and all the the chances, opportunities that um, the club gave me. You know my dad gave me. When you started to grow up through basketball, was there ever that option you know to turn pro within the UK? I mean, it's a difficult thing. I think the infrastructure now for the Rocks is a bit better for younger players. Like we have a guy on the team now, Callum Mortimer, who he was playing last season. He was 16 last season, and uh, you know maybe not playing games necessarily, but training with the Rocks. Uh, you know, every day getting better. For me, it was, you know, it wasn't really thought about at that time. When I was when I was 16, I was playing in three age groups basically for Fury. I was playing cadet basketball. I was playing junior basketball and I was playing senior, so a lot of times that would mean three games in one weekend, um, you know, which is a, a pretty tough schedule when you factor in school and and all that stuff. Sorry, that's my dog going crazy in the background. Um, but you know, it, that wasn't really thought of at the time. I always knew the rocks was there, obviously, because my brother played, um, so I knew that was always going to be hopefully an option at the end of the day. But um, going to 17, 18 years old, uh, got a chance to go and play for America, uh, go go play in America at what's called a prep school. Um, so I really enjoyed my time out there. And, you know, there was a decision between going to a college out there. Um, I had a couple offers from like Division Two schools uh, and then coming back and, and starting a kind of professional career. So, you know, it was quite a difficult decision to make, you know, when you are like 18, 19 years old, but uh, decided to come back home and you know, a lot of people will ask me sometimes whether I would have changed anything, but you know, a lot of the experiences I've had since I've been with the Rocks have been incredible, and it gave me a lot of other opportunities uh, in life as well. So I wouldn't wouldn't really change anything. But in terms of being that young age, you know, sixteen, I think it's a lot better now for these sixteen-year-olds, and they see the Rocks as quite a viable option now. When you were, you know, studying in America, was there ever the opportunity there? Did that present itself to potentially turn pro over there as well? Or was it more a case of you want to get your studies done, have something behind you, uh, and then look at a pot- potential professional route? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, it's any any Scottish player's dream to, to you know, play in the NBA or, or something like that. And then, you know, you hit 17, 18 and you're like, wow, that's really not going to happen. Um, uh, and you realise how kind of, far away you were from it in the first place uh, which is quite you know humbling if you like but um, you know a great time when I was over there and uh, I played against a couple of you know players that are in the NBA you know I played against Michael Carter Williams when I was over there played against Nerlens Noel Um, so I played against a couple of really good players and uh, had some great experience but in terms of that decision it was more kind of like you know that I want to stay out and get my education in America or do I want to come back home and uh, and at the time you know I certainly was saw the professional route as, as being a bit better and kind of getting back home uh, being around people I was comfortable with you know as being preferable at the time so how did you manage to make the jump from uh, you know an amateur recreational level into being a professional 
Yeah, I mean, I would say there's there's a couple of a couple of levels in Scotland. You know, there's the guys who will say, oh, "I played basketball in high school," <laughs> and you know they're they're not exactly they you know don't really know how to make a they know how to make a layup and that's it. Um, and then there's you know our club level: Falkirk Fury, Edinburgh Kings, uh, St Mirren. You know these clubs put in a, a lot of work uh, and. Um, they develop players, you know, really to the best of their ability. And there's a lot of players that, you know, have done a really good job in these clubs. So thankfully, it was that that gave me kind of the, the door in. I think, um, you know, Falker Fury, well-established club, well-established players. And um, by the time I got back from America, there was just an open trial. You know, the Rocks generally host one every year. This year's been a bit different with, you know, coronavirus and, you know, issues with court hire but um, they held, held an open trial I went along um, kind of roughly knew Sterling Davis like my family were, we still kept in touch with the Rocks owners uh, who was Ian Reid at the time who was the owner when my brother played so you know I wasn't a stranger to anybody by by that sense um, so when I got to that trial it was just a, a one day thing showed that I had a pretty good understanding of the game you know how I play the game is pretty good and uh, yeah it just kind of went from there Um just a one-day trial, and that was me in, and kind of been a rock ever since, I guess. Now, one thing I did want to ask: we sometimes hear it with uh, you know hockey players, you know, in in the UK, they're saying you know uh, the NHL ranks are maybe a bit smaller uh, than uh, the the UK ranks. Is there any difference, you know, between UK professional basketball and American professional basketball? I mean, apart from the height and the athleticism, <laughs> that's a bit of a difference. Um, you know. It's a different game. Um, it's a different tactical game, uh, in my opinion. Um, the style of basketball that that I like to play, Scot- Scottish players like to play, is, is very tactical. It's very movement-based and trying to get people in the right situation, try to get the right shot. Whereas, you know, a lot of players in America are very fast-paced, very aggressive. It's you know, it's about running up and down the court. Um, to which you know, and you have to find a balance of both those ga- uh, both those games. Um, so I wouldn't say that there are huge differences in um, you know the how the court's set up or whatever. It's more about the actual style of play that differs, in my opinion. Do you feel as if you know the the Rocks have had you know American players in the past? I'm sure they'll, they'll have you know more in the future as well. Is there ever do you feel that's advantageous to the team because you know the guys in America have you know they've maybe had a sport like that drummed into them you know from growing up? Do you feel that's maybe a, a bit as, as advantageous to a team? Yeah, it's a very interesting dynamic when you bring in um, the Americans into the kind of you know our setup, the Scottish setup, because these guys they live. You know, they live and sweat and breathe basketball from a very young age, and they're, you know, playing outside almost every day of their life. And you know, whereas, you know, it's only a very small select Scottish players that have devoted kind of hours and hours and hours to basketball. Um, so it, it makes for a very good dynamic. And I think when you know you bring in American players and you kind of get to see their work ethic and their progress, um, I think people pick and choose uh, things to take both sides pick and choose things to take from uh, from each country so yeah it's a really interesting experience and and to be honest you get a, a lot of the time you get a new set of import players every year you know it can't, it's not just Americans sometimes we know we've had French players and um, Dutch players Australian um, Australian guys so you get a real good <laughs> mix of all these different basketball countries so along with your regular training that you'd have with the team doing drills and whatnot what other exercise and routines are required to keep you ready and in game fit condition. 
Um, I mean, I, I like to run, um, you know, when I'm not complaining about my body being too sore. <laughs> I like to go out on runs, put the headphones in and, and go out for a run for, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes. I feel like that keeps me in pretty good shape. Uh, we'll go to the gym, you know. Uh, we'll go to the gym and, um, you know, standard workouts, you know, we've had strength and conditioning coaches and you've got so many workouts that are kind of ingrained in your head that you'll just rattle off a few different ones. But for me, for me, I do like to run to keep myself in shape. Um, you know, I'm not sure how much keeping in shape you do on the golf course, but I like to go to the golf course as well uh, with my dad. And uh, yeah, so I do a few different things, but, you know, there's nothing I don't think that you can match the, the intensity of playing five on five basketball. You know, I don't think there's anything you can do that really uh, simulates that that's not the basketball itself. What is your nutrition like for something like this? Is it normally quite carb dense because you're going to be like you are running around quite a lot, and obviously, as you're saying, you do a lot of running yourself. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my my diet nutrition has been uh, up and down for uh, years. You know, uh, we can excuse spelled. lockdown diets. You know, we can excuse that. Yeah, you know, and certainly the last six months, it's been you know uh, one of the worst it's been. But um, I just take take every kind of year as it comes you know sometimes I feel like I need to, to lose some weight and I will have a very strict idea of you know calorie intake and and what I want to eat what I, when I want to eat as well I always feel like you know when you eat is a big part of uh, your weight as well so it's been up and down uh, I can't say that I stick to anything religiously uh, diet wise um, I enjoy my burgers and chocolate and all that stuff but at the same time uh, if I need to kind of knuckle down and concentrate on it I will as well so going back to the kind of professional scene within the UK, when you turned pro, was there was, was the scene starting to kind of bloom at that point, or was it all really already quite established for you and you know for the teams up and down the UK? Um, it's difficult to say. Uh, I have quite a long experience in the BBL, not only playing myself, but I saw it back when my brother played. Um, and you know, in my opinion, people might dis- dispute it, but in my opinion, it was much better back uh, back when he played. Uh, they had really good sponsorship deals, they had TV deals, um, games were on quite quite a lot, uh, more so than they are now. I think the, the overall kind of standard of player was potentially better back then as well. I know that what the players were getting contract-wise was definitely better. Um, so I think it was better back then. I don't think it's ever dropped too much though like I think they've done a great job the BBL of keeping that league in place especially during the last six months like the fact that they've managed to kind of just survive has been great and hopefully there'll be basketball soon but in terms of since I've been in the league myself I think it's been pretty steady I don't think it's it's went high I don't think it's declined the the standard of play the the sponsorship all the expectations I think it's it's pretty neutral right now have you seen the fan base dwindle or you know retain or even increase during this time as well for me I think it's I think it's probably increased since I started um you certainly in in some teams Leicester and Newcastle are I think they are what most clubs would aim for in terms of a fan base. Certainly, in terms of the structure, is pretty good uh, for the Rocks. I've seen it, I've seen it go up and down. You know, up and down a lot. Uh, a lot of that's based on you know how if there's a Celtic or Rangers game on a Sunday, uh, you know that'll influence a lot of stuff. But um, I know the the core group of fans pretty well now, um, and we have a very loyal base of core fans. Um, so. I think that we're always on the cusp of being really popular, um, but we've never quite broke broke that yet. 
I'm sure yourself, you know, obviously the, the, the current management at The Rocks and as well as other players are, are looking for that bigger mainstream attention again. Do you do you see that happening, you know, once the, the, the season returns? Do you think it'll maybe a bit it'll have to grow back into that that kind of level again? I think it'll still need to grow. Um, I don't see it happening uh, anytime soon, uh, to be honest with you. Um, hopefully it does. Hopefully people have missed the basketball. Hopefully people have, uh, are going to come back, not just to basketball, but to all indoor sports, all sports in general. They're going to come back and um, realize, appreciate a bit more You know what we all took for granted um, with indoor sport and sport in general. So I'm not sure when it will get back to that level or if it ever will, but I think the potential will always be there. Um, whenever you hear people talking, basketball is a massively played sport across uh, the whole of Britain, you know, and um, it's generated in school interest for sure. I'm not sure how well we do it retaining players and retaining interest as they grow up. So hopefully we can improve in that. And I think if we do, that's when you'll start to see it pay back in terms of uh, sponsorships and money and uh, general kind of interest in basketball. So... At this present time, has the BBL put anything in place for you know empty arena games or you know like an online uh, service you know, so people can stream games at empty arenas? Has anything like that been put in place, or has it been a case of what they've done with hockey in the UK? They've just cancelled the season for 2020, 2021. Well, thankfully, I mean nothing has actually. I don't think anything has been officially confirmed yet, but there is a pretty good idea that um, the government have helped the BBL um, with a, a grant or a loan. I'm not sure. If Again, it's not confirmed, so I'm not exactly sure what the details are, but basically allowing the BBL and every club to start their season behind closed doors um, without fans. Again, I don't know if that will be for the whole season, you know, if there's enough money to support that for a whole season or if it's just until January, you know, who knows. But um, there's definitely going to be games as far as I know. Um, they will be behind closed doors and they'll be streamed I assume on YouTube uh, you know a lot of the teams if not all the teams were streaming on YouTube last year but you know they might change that to maybe try and get they were streamed free so maybe there will be some sort of subscription service to try and get some income um, but as far as the actual details of it I can't really uh, can't really say anything yet Outside of the professional circuit have you considered looking at potentially playing for the Commonwealth Games or at the Olympic Games both representing Great Britain and Scotland respectively? Well, I mean, I've, I have represented Scotland at the Commonwealth Games in 2018. Um, uh, me, um, Gareth Murray, Ali Fraser, Fraser Malcolm, Kieran Akara, you know, I could, you know, go through the whole team. We uh, went to the Gold Coast uh, just a couple of years ago and represented Scotland over there. Um, and it was, you know, a great experience. Uh, we managed to come fourth uh, when, you know, a lot, of te- a lot of people probably thought we weren't going to win any games. Uh, we were put in a group uh, with England. We beat England in the first game, which will probably go down as one of the best memories of my life for sure, uh, beating them. Uh, then we, we actually finished top of our group. You know, we beat India, we beat Cameroon. Um, then we managed to win a crossover game against Nigeria, who are, you know, a much more respected basketball country than Scotland was. Um, got into the semi-final game against Australia, one of the best basketball countries in the world. And, you know, we got appropriately kind of humped off them. Um, and then we had a bronze medal game against New Zealand and I think we lost by 10 points or something. So, you know, we were very close to achieving what I personally think would have been one of the best bronze medals uh, in the Commonwealth history. But, um, you know, we were still um, the first team sport that's ever made a semi-final for Scotland. 
Um, so there's a lot to take to take forward from that in terms of our uh, involvement in that Commonwealth Games. Yeah. yeah. Is is there interest to play uh, for Scotland again for the 2022 Commonwealth Games? Yeah, definitely. Um, that's going to be a three-on-three um, FIBA, which is the kind of governing basketball for Europe uh, governing body. They've changed a lot of competitions to three-on-three, three, uh, which is, and they're doing that for the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. Um, so it's a very different game, uh, but there's definitely interest to, to try and go back and, and get to another one because that um, Commonwealth experience is probably the highlight of my career so far, for sure. Um, so I'd love to do that again. Um, obviously, with these big term mega sport events like literally no one knows what could happen to them in the future hopefully they're, that's going to go ahead with no problem so it's certainly something that I'm hoping to be a part of um, but we'll have to wait and see for that So looking ahead in your career would you say you'd like to potentially take on a more senior role uh, with the Rocks you know like 7-8 years time Yeah definitely I mean Kind of as I've grown with the rocks and got a good understanding of the infrastructure and uh, how these seasons go and what's needed to make these seasons successful. So I'm hoping to have another couple of years playing. Um, I'm in my last year at university just now, so I'll finish that up. Uh, hoping to play, you know, maybe definitely this year, probably another one. Uh, we'll see what, how we do after that. Um, but if there was ever a, an opportunity to coach, it's something I would love to do. Um, something that I think, I hope I'd be good at. You know, you never know till you're in that situation. But uh, I'd love to be a part of that and uh, continue my involvement with the Rocks because it has been a, you know, it's basically been my whole twenties. You know, my whole twenties has been with the Rocks, um, and I'm not really ready to to move away from basketball yet. It's still my passion and my love, and you know, I, I like getting up every day knowing that I'm still involved in the basketball scene uh, in any way. So uh, it's something I'm definitely considering for my future. We'll just have to see how it pans out. What is your advice to anyone considering a career in basketball? Um, well, you know, it's going to be tough. <laughs> it's, it's not easy. Um, if, you're, if you're a young basketball, you know, you have basketball kind of on your mind, you have to practice a lot. You know, you've got to be just involved in it, practice almost every day. I basically practiced every day growing up. And, um, you know, the level of success that I've had and that a couple of different guys in my year group had, it wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for support. The support of my uh, family, for sure, the support of clubs around basketball. And, um, you know, you have to be quite dedicated. You know, I've never really been one that's going to go out and, you know, be drinking or doing anything like that at the weekend because you've always got a game at the weekend. You know, so it, it takes a big commitment for sure. Um, but it's worth it. You know, I, I'll tell you right now, it's worth it to be a part of um, a team every year and you're trying to work towards a goal or to be part of a, a Commonwealth Games team. Um, it's definitely worth it. There's a lot of, um, you know, paybacks if you do it, if you do it right and you do it well. You know, at the end of the day, you finish your job almost every day at like 12 o'clock and that's you, you know, you're sorted, you can do what you want for the rest of the day while you're a professional basketball player, you know, so it's not an easy road, there's a lot of hard work, there's a lot of ups and downs, you know, but um, I think it's, I wouldn't change anything about, you know, being involved in basketball for me, it's always um, been who I am and it's been a huge part of my life and it's always gave me a great amount of paybacks, you know, I've travelled literally all over the world. Um, whether it's part of Scotland teams or Falkirk Fury or, you know, even the Glasgow Rocks, I've got to see so many different things, meet so many people, um, and it's it's been a great, you know, thing for me, uh, and I'm sure it'll continue to be. 
So um, if you are a young player, just you know work hard every day, get yourself a, a good kind of club situation, a good coach, and just uh, and you know work hard at it. Just before we finish off, do you want to plug anything that's happening? You know, any projects, any social media, anything? You know, that the guys in the office have asked you to, to mention anything at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, Glasgow Rocks are we're in a tough time right now um, in terms of you know money and, and just the whole kind of survival of the club. So um, you know, just trying to raise some awareness for all the difficulties that not only the Rocks but the, you know British basketball is going through right now. Um, there was a, a petition uh, going around. I think it got I don't even know. 13, 14,000 signatures about funding for our game and, you know, that's kind of what's kept it alive. So, in terms of, you know, the future, I just hope that people um, will appreciate basketball when it gets back in whatever form it does, whether that's online, whether that's in person, um, you know, when all, hopefully these restrictions are all lifted. So, hopefully people uh, appreciate all the sports and all the events and stuff a bit more when they're back and we don't take it for granted again because as you can see it, it can disappear pretty quickly you know like you said with the hockey season that's you know a whole season wiped out that's a whole year of um you know guys careers wiped out you know you never know uh when could be a, when your last game could be you know so let's not take these things for granted again and uh you know if you're in glasgow come and support the rocks or watch the games online i promise you it's a, it's a pretty good atmosphere um, and uh, you should have a good time. So the the home of the Rocks is currently the Emirates Arena uh, in Parkhead, isn't it? Yeah, Emirates Arena uh, for for all our home games. Usually the games are Sunday five o'clock. Uh, sometimes we will have games on Friday. Um, so whenever the fans are allowed back in, you know, we usually have some pretty good uh, promotions. Kids uh, come to the games for free quite a lot of the time. So hopefully guys can come and, and see these games and uh, get a a little bit of a fresh sport and maybe a start a love for basketball like uh, I did and like a lot of other kids do my social media my social media isn't for everyone uh, <laughs> no like uh, you can follow me all you're going to see on my Instagram is pictures of my dog uh, that's pretty much all you're going to see nothing wrong uh, with maybe, that. maybe the occasional uh, appreciation post for LeBron James of course uh, but uh, my, my Instagram name you have a, like a stupid Instagram name <laughs> and you have to say it online and you realise how ridiculous it is so it's like bunnyman94 that's the one, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> a nickname one of my friends gave me quite a few years ago. But yeah, that's about it. Excellent. <laughs> social, social media, I'm on and off it. JB, thank you so much for doing this with us today. I know it's short and sweet, but you know it's it, it helps promote you, it helps promote the team, it helps promote the new season. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for doing this. Um, it's been great. Hopefully once the season starts back up, we can maybe do a part two, uh, just talk about how the season's going and whatnot, and we can take it from there. Yeah, I would love to certainly get on and, and chat again. Like I say, I've, if there's one thing I can do reasonably well, let's talk about basketball. So, Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Uh, worries to do it anytime. If you want to get in touch with us on the podcast, you can. Just email us gains at wildhaggis.co or check out the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash wildhaggisprotein. And remember, for all your protein needs, check out the website, wildhaggis.co. If you're interested in advertising, you can on this podcast. Just get in touch, gains at wildhaggis.co and let's talk business.